Our high school guidance counselor used to ask us what you would do if you had a million dollars. Didn't have to work. And then invariably, whatever you'd say, that was supposed to be your career. So if you wanted to fix old cars, then you're supposed to be an auto mechanic. So what did you say? I never had an answer. I guess that's why I'm working at Inatech. No, you're working at Inatech because that question is bull to begin with. If everyone listened to her, there'd be no janitors because no one would clean up if they had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. Talking about millions of dollars. What would you do if you had a million dollars? I'll tell you what I'd do, man. Two chicks at the same time, man. We're living in a material world and I am a material girl. Or boy. Well, what about you now? What would you do? Besides two chicks at the same time? Oh, yeah. Nothing. Nothing, huh? I would relax. I would sit on my ass all day. I would do nothing. Well, you don't need a million dollars to do nothing, man. Take a look at my cousin. He's broke, don't do If I had a million dollars, if I had a million dollars. Well, Workbase Station Jacks. I'm tomorrow. I'm going to the board. SP Futures down 15. NASDAQ Futures down 72. I'm a little bit surprised, actually, that uh, that down a little more. But uh, then again, I'm always surprised. <laughs> Greg, <laughs> Mr. Greg Pappas in the studio with us. Uh, Good he's going to tell us all about the crop report, how he got it from Beaks the day before it came out, and how he's a million bazillionaire. No, no, actually, no. But crop report's not moving stuff very much. But no, the uh, the chalk was that if the if the Republicans were to sweep, that the market be to the moon, which it already has been the last few days, and if the Democrats hung in there at all, it was going to go back down. And I was really surprised when the uh, the lady won in Nevada. She had been losing, and then they counted all the, the mail-in ballots, and now she won, which is... Uh, what was it, the CPI, that uh, that it was up 1000 bucks or 1000 in one day? Well, you know, that I, I, I'm, I am so stunned by that. I mean, normally, I mean, the listeners are used to me with my, my our, our gang here going through these numbers and, and getting a different interpretation sometimes you get on, uh, on Tau TV, but the, I, I've never seen anything quite like this. Rick Santelli comes out and says the CPI was up 0.3 versus 0.6 and uh, it's time to party and buy some s Oh yeah, but everybody that was up like 100 and I am not convinced. Right? I, I don't trust these, this new market. I know I'm an old Luddite floor trailer, trader but I also know that on the floor you couldn't you couldn't buy stuff ahead of people and then, and then sell it to the guy when you have the order in your hand. And I'm not convinced that that's not going on here. Oh, so that's legal. I mean, dark pools, right? Yeah, I mean, you if somebody's overflow. If you know your your two bid, somebody's offered at one and a half, you buy it at one and a half and sell it to your customer too. I, that's what people used to do all the time in the over the counter market, and a lot of them get fined. And I, I I can't believe that the spools went up 150 points without any shenanigans going on. Or else everybody just pulled all their offers, which is possible too. Yeah, on that day, you'd expect <laughs> there to be very thin and no depth at all. If you want to get big size done, good luck. Yeah, I, uh, I don't I mean it's really, it's really kind of, uh, well, but but you the, should but see in the grains. Oh my, when there's crop reports, and you know if there's usually I saw the grains creating places. <laughs> yeah, mm. if there's usually maybe you know ten or twenty contracts on the bid and ask, um, <laughs> that goes down to two real quick. Oh yeah, well I mean then. And the weird part, but I'm saying somebody somewhere has to pile in and say, I'll sell them here. And I think that somebody in the electronic world has, has managed to gather some up from other people along the way. Oh, definitely. Which is a little... I have a question for you. I'm not, you know, you're, you're too young to be a conspiracy luddite like me, but... Oh, I love the conspiracy theories. Oh, Let's, go. <laughs> Let's um, go. So Rick Santelli comes out on CNBC and a couple other stations 
and they claim that the CPI number was 0.3 versus 0.6. So the race was up. I thought we were talking about a real conspiracy, like birds well, but, aren't but, real. But I'm saying I'm looking at this thing. The number is 0.4. Not that it would have made any difference. But why, why would you say Here, I'm looking at the consumer price index for all urban consumers, U.S. city average by detailed expenditure category. This is the one that everybody uses. September 22 to October 22, unadjusted 0.4, adjusted 0.4. So where did the 0.3 come Why did they make it minus 4 or something? You could do that and then, uh, and then revise later. Yeah. So <laughs> you, you shock them one way, and then you revise it down when nobody's looking, or revise it up, or whichever way you're looking to go, and, and that's how you can kind of get ahead of... I thought we were going to be we were going to be stuck waiting for this Georgia thing with billions of dollars being flown into literally almost into that Senate race with those two guys running, which I you know whatever, and uh, turn then all of a sudden they sprung Nevada for uh, what's her name? Uh, Do we have a count for the the House yet? I mean the Senate's going to be what fifty one fifty or fifty? Yeah, but yeah. Dems actually gained a seat. The House it's creeping. It's, it's creeping. It's creep. What the what's GOP's, the issue again? Well, they we some people aren't, aren't. Some areas aren't reporting. GOP's at two twelve. Dems are at two hundred three. So the gem, Dems been catching up. Two eighteen is a majority. But hasn't it been like, you know, six days or whatever? Or well, well, since last Tuesday, I would say six exactly. Yeah. yeah so. Well, here I'm, I, here's I'm looking at the map. Dumb map. Dumb map. And uh, they got the green or the reds and the and the blues and the the the, the pink and the and the. Uh, Light blue or the powder blue or where they haven't. Looks like there's a there's one no, Georgia. There's, no, there's a couple in Oregon uh, that haven't that are dark that are um, powder blue. There's a couple in California. Actually, there's a few in California that look like they're pink and a few that are dark uh, powder blue. One in Arizona looks like it's not reported yet. It looks like it's pink. Colorado pink. Maine all uh, powder blue. My my estimate is the way this thing's rolling. You need 218 for the majority, and I think we're going to be 221 GOP. So yeah. it'll be a slight... I don't really care, but it's kind of frustrating that we aren't done yet. That would be the only thing that grinds my gears. Is let's Well, here's something even more bizarre. Alaska, I, I'm not positive. I think, you know, I should know this. Hey, Matt, how about looking this up? I think, mm. I think Alaska only has one rep. Let's check, yeah. Um, how about so Wyoming? Well, but the, but the rep is is powder blue, okay. Yet if you look to the Senate race, they do rank choice voting there. Yeah, but the, the the two people that are that are uh, still let me see. If I don't think it's been called. This yet. is according to uh, Wikipedia uh, since nineteen fifty nine. One seat, one seat okay. representatives. Yeah. All right. So if you look for the Senate, Senate has it. Well, now they've changed it to pink. It was it was powder blue, but the two people are, that are running. That they, that they can't declare who won. They're both Republicans. So the ring choice thing gave them both Republicans. There's Lady... Huh. Uh, is she the uh, Inuit lady? I don't know. And then there's Lisa Murkowski, who I think is the incumbent, isn't she? So the Senate is, is two Republicans leading, and it looks like the, the House is going to be a Democrat, which is a lot. Strange. Yeah. You have Lisa Murkowski and Kelly... Tashibaka? Shi- yeah. Shibaka? You did better, yeah. You did better at it than I did. <laughs> I tried my best. And, uh, but you know what? It's weird. And he's, you look at the, the, the... Talk about a country divided. I mean, the U.S. House, according to my, this map, I think it looks pretty good. Um, Idaho, Montana, Wyoming, Utah, North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska, Iowa, Oklahoma do not have one 
Democratic, uh, whatever person in the House. Mm. The only state that's like that is New Mexico. Well, wait a minute, Vermont, New Hampshire, Maine, and Rhode Island, uh, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, maybe Vermont. So there's a few. But it looks like this huge hunk of the country is red. <laughs> that's the that's the norm, isn't it? Well, here and you look and at Nevada, all the urban areas which are within a few miles of the cities. Well, I don't know how many reps Nevada has, but it looks like the state's like totally cut in half, where the bottom part's blue and the top is red. Huh? It's uh, but I mean, it's just it's it's kind of. But I was uh, listening to uh, and I, you know, I'm not a big fan of her. There, she wasn't the nicest person on CNBC. Uh, Margaret Brennan. Yeah, I don't know if that's true or not, but I shouldn't really say that. But she, anyway, she, she's on, what, she faced the nation. And uh, so she had like a few Republicans, a couple Republicans, a couple Democrats talking about the election. And it uh, comes down to the guys in the House. There's a, they, they claim 120 of the House people, now whether they believe it or not, are firm Trumpers with the, the election was stolen last time. You know, mm-hmm. which is... A little bizarre. And they're going to be anti anything anybody wants to do. According yes. to <laughs> I like the George Carlin quotes about the elections. You know, oh god, <laughs> they don't want well-informed, educated people. No, <laughs> give us your simplest and stupidest. Yes. Yeah. Well, and, and so the, the one guy goes. Uh, he's a Republican guy. He goes, I don't know how anybody wants this speaker job if the GOP's got like two twenty, and it, it means that means every single lunatic there or the other way thinks they're in charge of the place well there was a buzz there was buzz that if um the democrats lost the senate that nancy was just gonna retire because she wasn't interested in being demoted well she just got elected right right now she but before um there was buzz that she was saying you know what i'm done if if we're not going to be the majority i don't want a demotion well i don't think she's gonna be a majority in in the house or in the senate well, she's she's House. She's the Speaker of the House. Or yeah, if if they lost this the House, excuse me, I'm too early. Sorry. Well, you know what? The weir- even weirder is that evidently the Speaker of the House does not have to be in the House. Right. I I, well, I, I never knew that. I'm supposed, I'm supposed to know all this stuff. I, I never knew that. So the thing was, just like the, you don't have to be a judge to be on the Supreme Court. Were, were, were they going to name? Were they going to name Trump as Speaker of the House? That would have been pretty mm-hmm. funny. Well, then, then you get you it's get a loud house. Then you, well, then you listen to like three other people in the Republican Party, and the guy, and the guy's going, "We just have to move on. We, we got, we got to get away from this guy." And then they had this Democrat on there, and uh, and he, you know, he was, I didn't like some of the stuff he was saying, but I mean, I don't like some when these guys fall back to their party roots. I mean, I, anyway, so but he, it's one of those things. Uh, I honestly believe to, to, to the both of you guys. If you don't listen to people that you disagree with, you never learn anything. Mm. And, uh, and and the weird part was this, this Democrat comes on there, and he's on the this House Select Committee of January 6th or whatever. And evidently he was one of the guys that was pushing for impeachment of Trump. Well, a couple of days ago, uh, Rubio was tweeting that they should delay their uh, leadership vote. Well, told, well, they got to delay it until they know who's... Well, yeah, that too, but... but but yeah, they they're saying you know we need to <laughs> we need to reassess who's in favor of uh, you know, Americans. Well, <laughs> I th- I think that the you know of course I'll get some pushback, but I think that this election on the Republican side put a fork in Trump. That all virtually everybody not, I'm going to say everybody, virtually all the people he 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 back lost. Yeah, they they definitely won more votes than they usually win, but they weren't in the right places. It's just kind of 
the election result was whoever convinced their base to come out more. Well, I think it's... It, it, I what think was it's the total? Like 50 to know. 44 or something? In what? In the, the nominal counts. I think the Republicans won big nominally, but, it, I mean, it didn't matter because they didn't pick up in the important places. Well, I mean, you, you never... I mean, it's in Illinois, why didn't you even go out and vote? You know who's going to win. <laughs> yeah. Tom Bevan was the one who was tweeting that stuff uh, I, over the past few days. He he was saying how it's so strange that there's been such a giant uh, shift towards Republicans in the nominal totals and then uh, not really much difference. Well, the amount of, of women voting in suburban areas is evidently what Republicans didn't expect. And I think, and Matty Weber said it last week, I, there's a, I think there's a huge backlash to this abortion thing. Oh, definitely. Not, not that, and the weird part, it's, it's coming from people who don't, don't want abortions. It's, com- it's coming from people who just don't like the, the tone of the people that are, that are thinking they're pulling the strings, the Clarence Thomas groups. Yeah, who, possibly. I mean, personal freedom is a big... Yeah. Th- that brings people out, and especially if you're going to tell people, you know, uh, that they're losing rights. Well, I think that's say much that more persuasive than saying, oh, you know, we're saving... No, you're losing rights is, is a fear-based tactic. Well, didn't he uh, say, like, birth control is next or something? Maybe. I, I don't pay attention besides... <laughs> well, anyway, to get back to my story about this uh, Democratic guy, he goes, during the during the uh, proce- the uh, impeachment procedure, you know, they're, they're fighting back and forth, the Dems and Republicans, of course, he goes, you know, I, I told these Republican guys, I said, this guy is, uh, you know, he, he's, he's, he's a virus. He goes, you... you you, he's not going to ruin our party. He's going to ruin yours. And and he says he has. <laughs> I mean, he has. <laughs> I mean, he goes. But no, I, I honestly believe that the party is now the the uh, the Sanis, Rubio McCarthy party. It's not Trump's anymore. And I think that's a huge positive. And if they find themselves a couple of pretty good leaders between now and they can challenge real hard next time. Yeah, it's going to be more because all of a sudden the one, the hundred and twenty people. That are, are serious Trumpers are going to be like the. Uh, remember when when Newt Gingrich ran the uh, Tea Party group? The Tea Party group that was started on the exchange floor. Yeah, allegedly, yeah, allegedly. But uh, but all of a sudden those guys ran and they were going to be strict budget people. Give 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 them what six months? They were they were just as big as spenders as anybody else. And they got squashed pretty quickly. Yeah. Well, I mean, they just they decided, hey, what, what, why we stop spending when we're getting a piece of the action? <laughs> just you know, I, you, that you was about the mortgages more so than anything. They they didn't want to bail out the. Uh, well, this I mean, well, how long ago was that? God, it was. Uh, that was, that was Clinton was in office, so we're talking the the Tea Party. Yeah, it was Obama. I, no, it was Clinton. It was Newt Gingrich. The Tea Party was later. It was like oh, oh, after the uh, world fell apart and they. It sounds like something for Matt. I think it was. Uh, Newt Gingrich was the speaker for the Tea Party, and he and he, mm. and he he won the House from Clinton. It was is his was it his second, the second midterm election or something? Or was it the first one? I don't know. Why don't you, why don't you check that but out? I remember when Rick uh, Rick Santelli was yelling on the trading floor, and he was talking about um, bailing out second and second and third homes and mortgages and yeah. that stuff, and, and a, a bunch of the traders got fired up, and they were yelling. And uh, that turned into a clip on oh, yeah. YouTube that went <laughs> viral pretty quickly. Well, the strange part about that is, I mean, I, I, we you know we were we were on the air. I don't know if we were on we were doing this or Dan and I were on the score. But the thing was, I I, I said you know, the thing you don't want to do. I'm not saying you should bail anybody out, 
I mean, you know, because just let it land if you want. But don't don't half-ass bail them out. Don't not bail the people out, but then bail the banks out, which is exactly what they did. Oh yeah. And if you're gonna bail out, bail out because, uh, well, just just real quick before we before we had to break five minutes, but the uh, you can do it one of two ways, uh, Greg. I mean, it's, it's easier to do, easier to say than to do, but. If you have a house that all of a sudden goes flying down, and you're twenty-five grand in the hole, all right, I can either let you go down, have the house get foreclosed, let it get kicked to Matt, so now he gets to buy it for a mortgage that, that you could easily pay, right? You might not even have not paid your mortgage; you might just had a move or something. Um, and then, the, but then the Fed's going to go out and buy the mortgages up for the bank, and I think to this day, the Fed has never told people what they paid for those. I don't think they paid seventy cents on a dollar. I think they probably might have paid close to a hundred, uh, which in essentially bailed the bank out. But if you if you know anything about double entry accounting, which you know a lot of people that run for office now don't seem to know anything about anything. <laughs> they uh, know how to get money. That's the game. Well, they know how to get their own money and that kind of thing. But but the thing of it is, if if they sent you a check for twenty grand, not saying they should have, and they earmarked that check that you can only f- flow it through to the bank. The twenty thousand counts twice. How about that? Or if they if they let you go under and then bail the bank out for the same amount of money, they only they only help one side, and that's what they did. They only helped one side. I think it was on purpose. Because that's a true (laughs) that's a true way to uh, favor the business over the individual. Right. So I mean, the same way with the uh, with with, you know you could do it with with a lot of stuff. You could do it with. uh, you know, the school. The PPP well, you can do it favored the businesses over the individual. Oh, sure. <coughs> well, they did send out more checks. I'm not sure what the nominal totals were, but oh, it's it's massive. Yeah. But the, the weird part of it is, and although I, I have heard stories that a lot of this money is still unspent, but if you take the PPP number, and I have it here in my unspent meaning. No, if you take the PPP number in Illinois, it's like it's like a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand firms got money. It's massive amounts. And uh, I mean, yeah. some of the names in there, you'd they be didn't stunned. Spend it? Is that no, no, I'm saying, if you took the PPP number, is is and I'll dig it up on the break because I have it in my here in my my uh, uh, what are the things you save my, my save spots bookmarks. Uh, yeah, if if you if you take the amount of money they sent everybody by check, the dull people like us, um, and, and you look at the PPP in Illinois, which is incredible amount of dough. Right. That whole that whole mess countrywide. Was still only like twenty-five to thirty percent of the total. The rest of it went to like the United Airlines of the world and, and those kinds of places. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, it's even though people think for the first time they actually sent me a check, uh, which the is majority probably majority of it. Went majority did not go to you, and it didn't go to small business. Yeah. And um, the even weirder part is how many pe- with the with the ensuing inflation. If you were to bring in, just go on random sample fifty people, you know, just go on whatever street. Actually, you can't random you can't random sample going around on the street. But if we random sample properly, people between making between thirty five thousand and a hundred thousand dollars. How many of those people think that with the would they end up getting was it twenty five hundred three thousand dollar check? Yeah, what you, I think it was what you got twelve hundred, then you got six, then you got another twelve. Anyway, say it was twenty five hundred. How many people do you think feel their break even with the twenty five hundred dollar check they got versus the ensuing inflation? Ensuing inflation, yeah, they're behind. Well, sure they're. Especially <laughs> if you without lost a doubt. Your job. 
with absolutely without a doubt. Actually, I went over my numbers. Uh, this after the break when Jan comes in. Uh, went over my numbers here a little bit on this stupid little calculation I did. I, I went over them again, and I'm absolutely horrified when these numbers came out. Where somebody who, if you're in a certain spot, if you're making like low 40s, and all of a sudden the inflation's 30 percent, and you got a a, a 25 percent raise, how much how much far behind the system behind the thing you are? Well, the cost of living adjustment was what 8.7 or something. Um, on, on, on Social Security, on Social yeah. Security, and yeah. That was that was this year. Yeah, that's uh, 2,500 on the. Or how much did you say was the total? They sent a whole bunch, so. Kevin just texted. And I was wrong again. Uh, Tea Party was during the Obama administration. <laughs> Reaction to bailouts and Ob- Obamacare. Gingrich's movement was the contract with America. Ah, okay. Contract with America was 90s, That's for, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry I missed, missed the two up. But, but the thing of it is, we check. Or I should just keep going with the wrong stuff on other points. Yeah. You know, if I was tout TV. Anyway, SP Futures down 11. SP Futures down 53. Yeah, we're, we're fact-checking as we go. I'll <laughs> uh, be right back. Stacks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The control freaks guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage health care costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630 401 8810 or search us on the web at cognoshr.com. Cognos HR, innovation in human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with 
relative problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I didn't invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. I'm an American. You're a sick... Stocks. Jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here. Right now. Right here. Hello, North Bay Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tom Howe. <laughs> Greg Pappas here. I've got so much stuff open here. i gotta get my got to get back from the FTX users. We're going to have a... Uh, we have Mr. John Flanagan with us here. But we're gonna, at 7 o'clock, we're going to have uh, Carl to call in for just a few minutes. Uh, steal from John's time. But even John will stay here because... I'm going to be perfectly blunt. I don't understand. What is this stuff now that the uh, these guys are buying, Greg? There's oh, a way to get into... There's a... There's a Loophole in Bahamas law that if you buy these, uh, yeah, they can't pass out uh, money from crypto. They've gated that all, but you can apparently pay in NFTs. So people are doing some kind of NFT uh, <laughs> arbitrage or paying, trying to get money out via NFTs. So which I totally don't understand. But uh, anyway, SP futures down eleven fifty, Nasdaq futures down fifty seven. Uh, you know the weird part of this, uh, Greg, though, is whenever I say I don't understand. As soon as I do understand, I'm sure it's something somebody's done before. <laughs> some, other, some other way for people to steal money. Dow futures down 69. Over in Europe, we've got the DAX up 54, 0.4%. FTSE up 21.3. CAC around up 264 because they didn't run up as much as we did on Friday, I don't believe. Nikkei down 300. That's a full 1%. Uh, Shanghai down 4. Call that flat. Hang Seng up 294. 17,619. That's a long way. I don't think it was what six trading days ago, uh, Greg. These guys were fourteen five. They touched another seventeen six. That's a uh, SoftBank shares are now fourteen percent. However, uh, whatever. I hope well, he's the he's the king of big shots. I oh yeah, oh yeah. This is a way review on Friday. Dow was up thirty two. S and P R was up thirty six. Nasdaq up two oh nine. A couple of uh, medical stocks uh, were down. In the, I don't know why medical stocks were down for it. Everything else was up, which is bizarre. They sort of. NASDAQ had a huge week, S&P had a huge week, Dow uh, not as much, but they've been up before that. Uh, bonds up 5 basis points, but still under 4%, 3.89. The Bund down 3 to 2.12, Japan unchanged at 0.25, or 0.24 actually. Uh, oil down a buck 06, 87.90. Uh, Brent on 96 cents, 95.03. Natural gas up 39 cents, 6.27, so back up over 6 bucks. Gold. Uh, down 890 but 1760 they had a big week last week uh silver down 11 cents 2155 copper down 8 cents 382 we've got the uh, bitcoin up 280 with 16780 hanging in there hanging in there by a thread because if this thing starts to go down we got got issues um and we have the u.s dollar is going the other way today it's actually up a little bit so the pound is or euro is down to 1.029 again we were two weeks ago we we're talking 0.97 so that's a 5% move in a currency in like 10 or 12 trading days. That That's huge. Mm. Uh, that's about the date, or that's about the yearly vol. Yeah, that's like the those. yearly vol. And, uh, plus, um, well, I'll just, just say briefly without going into it too technically. If you trade options on this stuff, the volatility, when the volatility is really low, 
your curvature is incredibly high. So if you've got an option that's maybe the hundred the hundred dollar at one dollar, and the thing's trading one dollar, your delta's fifty, but if it goes to one hundred one, you're like already a hundred, which is incredible curvature. So if this thing moves around like this, it hurts you a lot more than if like Tesla moves a couple of bucks. Not even close, right, Greg? It depends if you're long or short. Well, that's there that <laughs> lies the road. Matt, what do you have for us? Traffic, weather, sports. Yeah, well, good morning. Currently, oh, six bears. Years. Yeah, the Bears. Uh, disappointing again yesterday uh, with their uh, third loss in a row. Their third loss in a row. In a row. But we'll get more on that in a little bit. Uh, it is 6:37 a.m. on November 14th, 2022. Uh, traffic in Chicago right now is an accident on the left shoulder of the Kennedy heading eastbound. Uh, accident occurred at Nagel Avenue, causing solid traffic that backs up to Cumberland Avenue. Weather in Chicago today expect a high of 41 degrees. Uh, currently temperatures at 29 degrees though. Yikes. Expect mostly cloudy skies today. Tonight it looking, it's looking to be a mix of snow and rain leading into early morning tomorrow. So watch out for that. In Phoenix, clear skies. A high of 67. Currently temperatures at 44 degrees. And yesterday in the NFL, Bears took on Lions here in Chicago. Bears lost. Final score 31 to 30, making it their third loss in a row. As it stands currently this season, Bears at three wins to seven losses. Tonight wraps up week 10 of the NFL uh, with Commanders away in Philadelphia with Eagles. Uh, Commanders at four wins, five losses this season. Eagles on a winning streak this season, eight wins, two, zero losses. We'll see how it pans out tonight. Commanders game starts at uh, 7.15 p.m. All for now, um, Chief. Matt, here's one you can, you can dig. We have Mr. Flanagan. John, how are you? I do indeed. I'm good. Morning, Tom. Morning, Greg. Big John. We, uh, we're we going to have Carl calling at 11 for like 10 minutes just to... John, I'm flabbergasted on how the people go through this... Uh, what is it, Greg? The uh, Non-fungible tokens. Non-fungible tokens is a way to get into your Bitcoin when nobody else can get, get withdrawn. This is this is crazy stuff. Anyway, the... Uh, by the way, do you know where your Bitcoins are? <laughs> Wherever they have their offshore towns. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Man, if you could dig this one out, they were talking about it yesterday. Of course, they have better access to this stuff than, than you do, but mm. this is the first time that Detroit has come back 14 points in the last quarter since, like, the 1983 or 93 or some incredible number. Wow. I mean, uh, I don't get it. be a Detroit fan. Oh, that's <laughs> a, yeah, it's a, it's a... How's that for sacrilege? Well, you know, the, John, I don't know if you remember, remember who was the guy? Was it Matt? Was it Matt Millen? The guy who was on the, the air, coach. and then he, he went to be the general manager, and they paid him all that money. In one year, Detroit had the, you know, there's a thing you can read in the summertime. <coughs> there's a lot of teams that are over the uh, salary cap in the summertime because, you know, you're not paying anybody, and uh, and you get rid of some of the guys before the season starts. But the, 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 the uh, Lions were, like, the number one team over the salary cap, and the year before they had won, like, one game or two games. Remember the guy... The guy drafted those receivers, the two or three receivers in a row that he paid massive money to, and uh, but they didn't have any line or any quarterback. <laughs> it was like the, the weirdest thing. But uh, the Bears are just, you know, but everybody is all gaga about this quarterback, and he really is special. But okay, here's a question, Chief. If you're building for the future and you have a quarterback and that's about it, why would you run him? As much, I mean, I every other play. I was going to say that. You're out of your mind. And and uh, what's what do you believe about the quarterback if you're you know sending him on suicide missions every other play? Well, he's. I'm going to say that he, he's 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 different in a lot of ways. Uh, I think you could you could have him run 
you know, if all of a sudden the thing breaks down and he's, he's on a roll, you could have him run to the sidelines and just go out of bounds ten times a game. You know, and if he's smart enough to do that. But they're, they're claiming they're <coughs> playing for the future. That's what I'm saying. So but that, I'm saying that's not – I'm talking about the, the quarterback draws and quarterback runs where he's expected to get tackled. That you can't do, I don't think. Well, I'm they're doing it. I know. Big time. I know. It's crazy. Which is confusing to me because maybe they think he's replaceable. I don't know. That's the only oh, explanation I, I can come no, up he's, with. No, he's their entertainment. He's how they're paying nobody else out of massive under the salary cap and how and how he's, he's all everybody's talking about instead of how they're losing every week and how they got nobody else. So that's the strategy? Yeah. But they've only got entertainment for one year then. Well, I mean. <laughs> or two years. I mean, well, that's the point. I mean. They, they never get to the thing where one of the guys yesterday, the kid from uh, Wisconsin had a huge game. Was it so, Stanford? so next year it's going to be someone else doing the entertaining? Well, I I don't know how you replace all those people. I mean, the defense has one or two people that could start for anybody other than them. Well, they repl- they replaced, their, I mean, with the money that they're, they've got on the <laughs> under the salary cap, hopefully. but Why, why would you ever think that? <laughs> because they're required to spend eighty nine percent of it uh, over like a four year period. Yeah, so, so they're gonna, they'll end up keeping most of the money this year. <clears throat> how would how would how does it go though when you have one player and then you run him a whole bunch? What happens when he goes down? Well, then you got a real problem. Who's the second string quarterback? You? Yeah, I'm I'm the second string quarterback. I don't even know who the and guy I'm is. Getting you? To, I'm getting to think like somebody else. He's running more than he's throwing. I don't know if 150 well, yards or something like yeah. that's that's for a quarterback. You're approaching the the danger zone. I mean, you get you get hit too much, your knee goes out. You tear yeah. the ACL. Your knee gets turned inside out. I mean, what's his name? Robert Griffin had his knee, I think, literally turned inside out by, yeah. by one guy just because he was on the move too much. Well, here's here's my take on it, and it. These running quarterbacks are, are very important, and if you can keep it down to a dull roar and all of a sudden the defense is a little gassed, that's what Russell Wilson used to do. In the fourth quarter, all of a sudden you take off a few times and they, they, they can't, and they're, they're chasing you, and then you run right up to the ball again and start the next play. It's, it's incredibly effective. And I also think that if, you, if these guys are running as fast as this kid is, if they're giving you the three-man rush or something, everybody's downfield, and you just run around end when nobody there and run 10 yards to the, to the first down marker and out of bounds. I think if you're smart enough to do that and keep it down to six or seven runs a game, you get, I think you're, you're almost six less... Six or seven runs in a quarter. Well, I'm saying, but you're, I think you're less likely almost to get hurt there than you are standing in the pocket with people falling on you. But but if you start doing, you know, called runs for the guy in it the first quarter... It looks like quarter, a suicide mission. Yeah, it looks like a suicide mission. We, but anyway, so, Jan, what... Uh, were you as kind of surprised as... I thought we'd be sitting here... Uh, with our fingers up our butt waiting for people to spend a gazillion dollars in Georgia to figure out the Senate. And all of a sudden, this lady pulled it off in uh, Nevada. And uh, now it looks like the guys in Florida or Georgia, nobody really cares. Well, it doesn't much matter in the big picture now because it looks like the Democrats are back in the control seat. But anytime you got election results dragging out this long time, it's bad for business. It doesn't increase people's trust in the system. It doesn't make things look on the up and up, even if they may be. And I, I don't know that they were, but I, I'm less inclined to think they were, given you know the way this is playing out. And it looks like this, this as long as they have mail-in voting up the wazoo, 
and you know ballot dumps that all seem to go you know sixty five percent one way. Uh, you got to believe there's something fishy about the whole system, and I, I think it's going to be re- a really hard sell to get people to continue to participate in the system when it looks like it's so corrupt. Well, I mean, the thing in Nevada was just plain close. It's four eighty seven thousand votes to four eighty one. I mean, you, right, but, I, but it's the dragging out of it that makes it look and close, Arizona close does enough it on for purpose. It to flip. And that's what I think smells to a lot of people. Arizona lets you vote, you know, mail in or whatever till up until day of, I think, which is why it takes so long yeah. to count it. And that mm. just really grinds my gears because we're all waiting for those jokers just because they don't want to stand in line. Well Nevada Arizona's a million two four three for the Democratic guy and a million one one five for the, the Republican. I mean they're all none of these things are I mean what, what's Pennsylvania? I mean it's gotta be really cool. Well no, Pennsylvania's more, it's five percent difference. Okay, and, and you add to this, you know, the just you know the mail-in votes are one thing. I think early voting is just as corrupting a procedure too, because it doesn't allow people to make up their minds at the last minute. And this is often the case in campaigning, where gaffes or s- stupid answers or you know stuff that comes out. If, you, if you've got some kind of an embarrassing story in the days before an election, if somebody casts their vote two weeks before that. Um, it conceals the effect that that should have on the election result. So I think early voting, all this stuff, is just a way of making it less likely that you're going to read on what people have really accepted and what they're willing to accept in an election. Um, and I think the whole thing is just you know, a, a thinking. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, I would say right now, you could hold the next election today and 50% of the voters know what they're going to vote for. That's the usual case. I don't think so, Tom. I, I mean, it, it's gotten so... To win an election, you should People are so scared of what's going on now. But, yeah, but, <laughs> but I'm saying... I don't, I don't think they hear anybody with the kind of solutions that they really they really want to get behind, you know, tomorrow, let alone two years from now. Right, I, mean, I, don't, I, don't hate, I don't hate to pick on my, my friend Jan, but I'm going to say right now, <laughs> the next election, two years from now, the presidential spot, without even knowing who's running, I know who you're going to vote for. I don't know. The at the margin stuff changes, but well, but the, see, the Jan, general bases don't change. Well, Jan, Jan Jan's well, then, intelligent then, enough. Then, to, we don't, do we need elections at all, Tom? Well, I mean, I'm saying that <laughs> some people are so rock ribbed on the Republican side, or and some people are so rock ribbed on the Democratic side. It doesn't matter if a guy's a uh, John Wayne Gacy could run on one side or the other, and he's going to get votes. You got a lot of faith in us today. Yeah, but, you know, the, the, the Republicans picked up how many millions of votes this time around, and just you know, they're, they're, as Greg was saying, they weren't distributed in a way that made it advantageous. You know, in the number of seats. Oh, I got. found it, guys. In Maricopa but, but the County, surely shifted from twenty twenty quite a bit, and that, that's a story that I think you know. It, I don't think a lot of those people predict we could have predicted two years ago they might be voting Republican. But how can you? How can you even? In some states, and I'm not going to say one way or the other here, but in some states, California, Illinois, why why would I, if I wasn't going to vote no for judges, why would I get off my dead ass and go down and vote for Tammy Duckworth when I know she's going to get 80% of the votes anyway? It's not work. But you know what I want to actually both to you guys, though, is this thing about these elections and who's you know, who's rigging them and doing whatever, Every every time you see something, that, that on one side or the other, it looks like one's pushing one way or the other. Then you see something else, and you wonder, where did that come from? I, I, w- I was, again, I will, in full disclosure, 
I'm the wrong person to ask because there's a little Adams play lot. Can't be 100 yards from my door. I walk down there. There's never anybody there. That's my precinct. The thought of me going further to do to vote the day before or to mail in why when I can just walk right down the block and the people are pleasant. I mean, but then I see this thing in, in Nevada where they have these super precincts. Don't they have any schools or churches in Nevada? It's all it's a middle of a shopping center. These people are just like 500 people in line. They're all young people. You know, guys there with his girlfriend or whatever, and she's heading off to shop, and she comes back, and he shops while they wait in line for time. I, I, I guarantee you, Jen, none of the none of the older people in my neighborhood would would put up with that for a second. But what is what is that all about? I mean, I, I don't know which side's doing it or whatever, but I'd certainly mail my vote in if that was me. I never, I never. I never go to Oak Brook and wait in line for two hours to vote. Would you? Yeah, but not all the way up to the day of the election. They were saying in Maricopa they've got two hundred ninety thousand votes being dropped off on on day of. Well, that that's going against Jan's point. If you if you're going to vote uh, early, you don't you you can you can actually vote. Well, I'm saying I would drop it off if 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 I had to go wait at Oak Brook for an hour and a half to vote. Well, now why would I? If I'm saying that there, there's all kinds of stuff going on here. That, that I don't know who's pulling the strings. Because on one side, you're, you're right. The, the, Democrat, the Democrats are trying to get people to do voting that maybe they shouldn't be voting. You also look at somebody's trying to make it harder and harder for somebody to vote. I, mean, I don't know who's... I think both, both sides are yeah. interested in that. Um, what John that, was saying why, you know, I, I think you're a little premature to discount Trump's effect on 2024, whether he runs or not, and I suspect he will run. But, but the people who were behind Trump and the people that saw him as the saving grace between two despicable parties with no choice between them at all are going to be very much in evidence. Neither one of the, the party leaderships that I can see now, whether it's Democratic or, or Republican, have any interest in improving the voting system because they've kind of got it where they want it. And I, yeah, but I don't think where you want it. It's not all where the people place. want it to be. I don't think where you and I want it to be necessarily. But it's, but it's easily working just fine for the people who want to stay with, you know, with the job and don't want to, you know, they want to have an easy way of fending off any threats from anybody who's got any kind of appeal on the ground, somebody who could really, you know, create some kind of wave. I I don't think this kind of election system at all allows for that kind of thing anymore at all. So we're we're just going to have to sit back and watch people who we don't trust with anything controlling the the process by which they get reelected all the time. Well, Matty Weber and his wife went and voted uh, early. Like, what did that for? He goes, well, we thought we might be busy at work today and then the Tuesday. So they went on a Saturday. He goes, the place was like four times further than the precinct. And they were in his library. thought it was a small line. It turns out <clears throat> it snuck up the stairs all the way to the top. There were like two, 300 people. And it took him a couple hours. He goes, it was hotter than the hinges of hell in there. And I got my winter coat. <laughs> it was brutal. Right. Well, that just, you know, if early voting is supposed to make it more attractive or easier, do you think that has that effect? No. Well, again, I'm the guy who walks down the block, but I also know there's been areas where precincts have been closed. You know, people have to hustle around to places, you know, they can't park and all kinds of other stuff. So, Is it early voting when it's day of? Well, I, I would say that, let's put it this way, if I could fill out my ballot, of course, if I, didn't, if I could do that, I wouldn't have the nice pen that, that went through everything, right, John? <laughs> I, I want that country. That was did that happen to you, Greg? The best quote I heard about this was over the weekend. Matt Taibbi has a Substack page, and he's uh, been on the show. Yeah, he's he's got a great Substack page, and he in, interviewed uh, Walter Kern. And Walter Kern said that if they counted money the way they're counting ballots, those people would be in Lake Mead tied to a cinder block. <laughs> like they 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 are very 
uh, you know, hourly employees counting votes. Uh, there's the incentives are kind of they're they're not right, and and when you compound it by letting them drop off day of and then confusing the rest of the country for for a week or however long it's going to take, it's just nothing is is organized the the same way they do the casinos, which is terrible. Well, you're never going to. I mean, it, statistically, th- this this falls into my you know my my attitude on this whole thing is this constant this kind of, this thing of winner take all voting I think is nuts I mean I, I, in the state I think that you should have well I'm gonna look at the house districts right here I'm looking right I'm a dumb app <clears throat> like duck coach dumb app I don't see how in, in uh, Illinois um, you have how many states or how many how many districts voted uh, I'm going to say that geographically, it's mostly red. Mm. Okay, now you got blue by uh, all in Chicago. You got blue in the middle of the state. You got blue by Rockford and those areas. Now, why in a presidential election do those people who in all those red areas not be represented? I think that's nuts. I honestly think that's nuts. And I'm right in the middle on this, and I'll say this. Both sides tell me I'm, I'm goofy. I don't think you're goofy. Well... Uh, you're going to be the only one. Everybody says this is nuts. Well, you need to try to convince the public that ranked choice is easy to understand. I'm not talking about that. And in Nebraska, whatever representative district you have, that's, that's the amount of delegates you have. Yeah. So whoever wins the district gets a delegate. So if Illinois is 60% Democrat, 40% Republican, the 40% Republican get 40% of the delegates. And I think they should. And, and guess what? If I'm a Democrat in Wyoming, and, I, and, my, and if I can get... 20% of the state, I should get 20% of the delegates, even though there's only probably two delegates in Wyoming, so it's not going to work. But, you know what I'm saying? Is if, if, if uh, um, you know, Nebraska has has that, of course, Nebraska is all red, so I don't think it makes any difference. But still, I don't see why, because st- now in California, Illinois, or in Wyoming or Montana, I have no, th- it makes the popular vote useless. Because what's, what's the point, what's the person of, why would I campaign in California if I'm a Democrat? To win by five million versus four million, or in Illinois, or why? why, why if I'm a Republican, why do I spend any time in Wyoming trying to I win? I would just say you know, to counter that, Tom, that if you start you know fractioning the delegates, you, you know, you trash the electoral college and just have all these individual districts getting their say at, at some kind of substitute for the electoral college, you're going to have many more deadlocked elections and a lot more horse trading. Like happened in contested elections when they when there wasn't a convincing win in the electoral college, and it went to the House of Representatives, and it, be, and it, it dragged on for a month with with all sorts of, of dirty political dealings to get to a result. And the idea that be, behind the electoral college was to get a convincing result quickly that seemed as fair as you could make it when you've got you know, all these things that are that have a piece of the puzzle to contribute. I, I, it, it isn't it isn't a perfect system. The alternative, I think, would be worse and would destroy what remaining confidence people have in the election. All right, let me get this straight. In the Florida situation, the biggest example was the, the hanging chads, Bush versus Gore. And people forgot the fact that the hanging chads thing screwed the Democrats. All right, I get that part. What's hanging chads? Remember the, the things didn't go all the way through? Yeah. The punch cards. The punch cards. We had it here in Illinois, Yeah, yeah. Punch card, they didn't go all the way through, so it was a great hanging Chad story. But also, what people forget is a, a reasonable chunk, not a real lot, but some of Florida is in the central time zone. Mm. So the idiots on TV 
thinking that Florida was all Eastern Time Zone and you can't call an election until the polls close. They essentially called the state for Gore before the polls closed. Then it turns out he didn't win because of the, whatever the Chad thing. But I'm going to say that a minimum of 5,000 Republican voters thought he'd already lost in the panhandle and didn't go vote. So both sides had an axe to grind. And the thing was so close. If you're a, if you're a, a second-grade statistics student, you're going to say Florida is a statistical dead heat. So if it is, half those, half those delegates should have gone one way and half should have gone the other. The idea that you need this winner... And, and one man is going to come down to one vote. That's such a crack of crap. I can't. I, I can't even go there. If a state's sixty forty, why? Why? I know it was a. I guess it was a great idea, as John said, when whenever it was sitting around Philadelphia in eight in seventeen seventy six. But it's not anymore. You, you don't. Well, the house is the the house is that way, right? And then the Senate is two, and then the president is winner take all. Is that what yeah. the rationale was? You need the tiebreaker, maybe. Well, the no the uh, the electoral college. So they but. In those days, well, the electors could kind of vote their own way, right, Jen? Right. Well, the reason for the Electoral College was that they didn't want states with bigger populations than smaller states always controlling the election's outcome. And it's bad enough as it is with the size of the flyover territory we have in the campaigning process, you know, where people just don't go to states that don't really count in the, in the total, you know, on election day. But the problem is if you, if you reduce this to the individual districts, of deciding how they're going to vote for you still have the issue of larger states managing some way always to outvote the smaller states, and it's just it's one step short of having just the popular. I'm vote not. I'm not giving them the ultimate ultimate you know, positive thing here. I, I just don't see that that's going to increase confidence in the election, and it will cause a geographic, you know, manipulation so that the population centers, whether it's the East Coast, the West Coast, the center, whatever, are going to have proportionally more representation than they're entitled to. I don't, I don't think, I think, I think California loses. Because right now they, they go all blue. There's so many Republicans that... There's so many Republicans that don't get, don't get a count. I think it's absolutely the opposite. Well, I don't think it's going to be the opposite. It will just be more scrutiny that you have to... Well, it'll end up... With, it'll end up with more people voting. More, more deadlocked elections, I think. I, I, there, there can't be more dead. But the idea that, 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 that we, we start out an election and everybody's here, why should I walk down the block? Why, why should the guy in Wyoming who's Republican walk down the block? Yet if, I, if I move my carcass over to Pennsylvania, all of a sudden I mean something. Well, that's always been the issue for voters. Well, okay. <laughs> a lot of things have always I, been. I'm just, I'm just saying this doesn't make it... Any more likely people are going to participate more vigorously I w- I in the process if you were to do this. You'd have the same people bowing out of the system because they don't see I have, I have, If I'm a Republican in Southern Illinois, I am much more likely to, to go if I thought that my district we could send one guy. Give you the same amount of delegates. Anyway. Maybe well, of course, if, if it goes to the House of Representatives, which is the fallback, for the if you know if, if they can't reach a result in the Electoral College, that's when your representative does matter. I, all I'm saying, California could have 10 million Democrats and 6 million Republicans. All I'm saying is the 6 million right now don't get a vote, which I think sucks. That's it, but you're not going to change my mind on this, and I'm not going to change yours. But well, they, they get know. a vote if the process doesn't work. This well, is why okay. they had to come up with some kind of you know a system that made it look like they were trying to protect the smaller states from the power of the bigger okay states. but i'm saying but in the event they couldn't get a result that way it would go to the house of representatives where your individual 
representative does greatly matter. They're the one casting the vote for the president. Yeah, well, you hope, you, we hope that never happens. SP Futures down 11, oh. SP down 55. We get back. We have Caroline for a few minutes. Not to interrupt John's whole time, but uh, just talk about this Bitcoin because I said I'm a little over my head. Make that a lot over my head. We'll be right back, Stocks and Jacks. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of Home Source Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here. Right now. Right here. Right now. When you come in on Monday and you're not feeling real well, does anyone ever say to you, sounds like someone has a case of the Mondays? No. No, man. No, man. I believe you get your ass kicked saying something like that, man. Big John. Big John. Every morning at the mine, you Hello, welcome back to Stacks and Jacks. I'm somehow Rick Pappas in the studio, Jan Flanagan on the board, SP Futures no, on the phone, also Mr. Carl. SP Futures down 13, uh, his Futures down 65, and now all the guy does is sell pork sausages from his grave. <laughs> Jimmy Dean, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, I don't know. Pork sausages from the grave. Okay, this, this, yeah, this could be kind of interesting. Yeah, hey, uh, Carl, I hate to jump on you this quick, but I, I'm, I was searching my. We have a lot of talented people that uh, call into the show. Mr. Flanagan, if this was a, an issue regarding property and taxes, I mean, he would be my go-to guy. But I, I, am, I have no idea what's going on with this. Well, actually, I, I get bits and pieces out of this FTX. Of everything, every sleazebag has done before since there was securities. I don't, I don't understand what the hell is going on, and I don't get the connection. This morning, did you read the part about the, what are these things, Greg? They're, I... Non fungible tokens. Somehow there's a there's a yeah. Bahama law. How do you how do you get your money out of there mm. that you can't if you just want to withdraw? How does that how does that connect? Well, so the <laughs> the FTX thing is the is the reason you have regulated exchanges when it comes to securities and things like that in the United States. Okay, it's I mean the you know the classic for people who don't trade actively the the classic example that everybody knows because we've all seen the movie is in trading places at the you know at the end the guy comes up with a margin call gentlemen (laughs) you you know darn well we don't have three hundred fifty million dollars in cash. 
and and but the thing is, is that at the end of the day, the entire reason that dollars have value because fiat currencies, all fiat currencies, are negative sum games. Okay, I, I don't care what they are. I don't care if it's cryptographic or otherwise. In that it, it costs energy, it costs input in order to print dollar bills, for example. Right? Um, it costs energy in order to so-called mine cryptocurrencies and and process the transactions. All of this has an energy cost. And the laws of physics say that you can never, ever, under any set of circumstances, profit from that, say much less, even break even. Thermodynamics says you can't break even. Uh, It also says you can't avoid playing, by the way. Uh, (laughs) But the reason fiat currencies are viable is because a government can add energy to the system anytime it wants by taxing the other things that people do. And in addition to that, the government can and does compel that you pay your taxes in that currency. And so as a result, there's an external energy source, and this is why fiat currencies work, and it's why they're viable, it's why we all use dollars in the United States, it's why you use euros in Europe and whatever have you. Cryptocurrency doesn't have any of this, and so there is no fundamental value behind any of this. It's, it's worse than tulips, and then at least with tulips, you have something pretty to look at. At least you had a tulip. Yeah, at least you had a tulip, and, it, and it's pretty, okay? Um, now, you know, what value that has? Well, you know, that's the beauty is in the eye of the beholder, right? But the, the, so what FTX did is what many of these so-called exchanges have done. They started issuing tokens essentially against themselves. Now, this is the same thing as you and I running off $100 bills on our laser printer in the morning. And if we tried to do that, we'd go to prison. The reason you can't do it with a regulated exchange is because if you try it there, you're going to go to prison. If you say, I have five shares of IBM that somebody holds, and they really only have one, you're going to go to jail. <laughs> All right? Now, yes, I know a lot of people get away with you know the game playing with naked shorting and things like this. Well, uh, Carol, the, uh, the, the, their, their own token, that FTT, they kept issuing that. Would that, would that be somewhat the same, so we, maybe we can all understand it, would that be the same as is IBM leaking out like more stock every month without telling anybody they actually were and not up in the amount of shares outstanding? Right. It's it, essentially what it comes down to is it's it's the emitting of credit on an unbounded basis and without any disclosure that you've done it. And so as a result, you're destroying the internal value because it's you know it's the classic thing if there's a thousand dollars in the economy in total and there's one thousand bushels of corn on average the price of a transaction of a bushel of corn is going to be a dollar those are the only two things that are in the economy because that's just how it works the clearing price is going to be about a buck if you double the number of dollars to two thousand the average clearing price of a bushel of corn is going to be two dollars Carl, is that no right. is, is some is a lot of the listeners especially maybe the older listeners have probably been in some of these dividend reinvestment programs, one way or the other, where you put your dividends back in, you get more stock. Right. Or you can actually, AT&T used to be able to sell them, send them a check, and they'd buy you more stock. And you, but now those, AT&T has to go out, and, and if it ends up being you know 40,000 shares a month that they're sort of issuing, they have to go out and buy that from the market to even it up, right? They don't, they don't just get to, to wing it out there, correct? Well, in, in, yeah, unless they register a secondary offering, right, right. yes. Right, so the thing is, is that if, you know, if everything's registered, then it's all on the up and up, because everybody knows, 
And, you know, if you change the divisor, you change the divisor. But everybody knows this, and that's going to have an impact on the market price. The, the, there's two things that are especially disturbing here. One is that FTX is alleged, uh, you know, did this, which in any kind of regulated environment would be wildly illegal. It's not the first time we've seen this kind of thing happen with these crypto exchanges. And, and they were reaching into customer funds in order to make it look like they had the ability to do this kind of thing, which is, you know, an MF Global kind of situation, well, they, right? They, they reached into your account, from what I understand. Again, I'm, I'm asking the question. They reached into Carl's account, took out a million dollars, and dumped FTTs, which is their token that they just ran off, basically, and dumped those in your account and told you you were even. Without letting you know that they just created more FTTs, correct? Well, I said I had the million dollars, I really didn't. Yeah. Right. I mean, essentially, they, they created accounting entries in order to make it look like the, the funds were there when they weren't. And, and it, of course, this gets exposed when people start trying to withdraw the actual money because you, you have to come up with the cash, right? <laughs> and, and they didn't have it. The, but the other thing that's, that's very interesting, it's an allegation at this point, it hasn't been proved yet. Um, but beyond the, the garden variety fraud of basically, you know, commingling and stealing customer funds and rehypothecating things, which the al- the allegations are that this is traceable all the way back to as far as 2019. So this has uh, been going on for a while. Uh, and it works as long as the price continues to go up. That's one of the problems with these kinds of scams is that as long as the price continues to go up, people believe in it, they don't take their money out, and, and you never get caught. Uh, but in addition, there is an allegation that that somehow Ukraine got involved in this, that cash funds that were put into the Ukrainian environment by Congress, okay, remember, we were supposedly paying these people salaries over there and have been for some time. Cash funds were recycled back into FTX, and then out of FTX came an unbelievable amount of money in the form of campaign contributions into Democrat super PACs. Now, if any of that is true, not only is that a wild-eyed violation of the law because it is ridiculously illegal for any foreign entity, I don't care what it is, to make any kind of contribution, I don't care how you do it, to a U.S. election campaign, but they, but they just, do. They do somehow. Well, I understand, but it's a, but we're not talking about small ball here. Yeah. This this guy that ran this thing was Biden's second largest campaign donor in 2020. Yeah, well, they also they also were like the single biggest benefactor to like NBA or something, weren't they? And they they paid what? Yeah, I mean, they were naming sports stadiums and all sorts. Of, I mean, you know, all sorts of crazy stuff. The, but the thing is, if there's anything to that, then this goes way beyond a garden variety financial, oh, yeah. you know, ripoff job. Well, that's uh, which, uh, we're gonna here, here's our new Carl, if you don't mind. Let's uh, go on for another few minutes, then we'll talk about this for our whole hour on Friday because I don't want to snub Jan. But I mean, I, when this oh, is all, when this is all over, keep talking, Carl. No, when this is when this is when this is all over. I mean, because this is gonna be playing out between now and Friday. It seems like there's going to be all kinds of people caught in this thing. This is going to play out for years. But I mean, it's it's going to be. How did Major League Baseball? Is it 190 million dollars? Where did the guy get that? Uh, there's there's no well yeah. The, the, essentially, 
this this alleged wunderkind who you know who was a mastermind behind all of this. I mean, some of the things that I've that I've dug up over the weekend are just, they're they're mind-numbingly crazy. Right? I mean, they're one of the affiliated, uh, you know, Almeida. Uh, that person's operator was was this Wonderkin's lover. There was a commune of these people that were all living in the Bahamas and were basically sleeping with one another on a you know on a regular basis. Like, yeah, you know, the guy claims to have been a, a common man. He drives a coral and no, 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 that's a bunch of BS. He owns a multi-million dollar mansion in the Bahamas. Uh, there was there was some speculation over the weekend he was trying to get to Argentina because there was no extradition treaty, but unfortunately there is. Then the next claim was he's trying to get to Dubai. Uh, who knows where this guy actually is? Nobody has said. Supposedly, the Bahamian government said, "Well, we're watching him," but nobody said he's under arrest. And yet, by all evidence, and and then there's this supposed hack, which happens across all their platforms and all of their technology at once, which leaks like an inside job, okay? So, this, so I mean, this smells like the people that put this thing together deliberately designed it to be able to be pilfered in a time when, you know, when something might go wrong. How did I, when, when, the, when the guy left, they were in Chicago till when, and they moved to Bahamas, right? Um, I think the I think it was 2019. It's it, the, the, the timing on this thing is extraordinarily suspicious. Okay, it's just extraordinarily suspicious. I mean, here we are in the you know in the, the the election year, the election cycle when you know when Trump was ousted, uh, and you know and all the, there were all these uh, allegations of shenanigans during that period of time. Uh, you know, I mean, there's there's very little evidence to back up that the shenanigans were real. But, but that this was going on is, I mean, this, the, 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 this was a money spigot that was funding Democrat races is absolute, I mean, that's fact. There's no hiding that. There's no claiming that didn't happen. The, the question becomes, was this actually, you know, was this, this stuff with Hunter and, and Joe and Ukraine and all this, was it, does it even go back that far? Well, does, were the money... It's all because the, the Bitcoin went up so fast, and they were able to take it to essentially customers had all this. First of all, I, 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 this whole idea, how could you ever let your... <coughs> they're in the Bahamas, so if, if I want to get involved, do I send a check to the Bahamas? Do I, do I wire money to a Bahamas bank? I mean, what do I, how do I even get money to these people in the Bahamas? I've never done that. I've never, how do you even do it? FTX US is different than FTX. There was, okay. a, there was a US subsidiary. Oh, okay, all right, all right. I so I mean, but that's but the, but the thing is, is that that's I mean, the entire reason we have a regulatory framework in the securities business is because you know, prior to that existing, this sort of nonsense went on in the U.S. securities business all the time. Well, sure it did. Yeah. Or, or did one, I mean, it was, it was absolutely you, common. I mean, you know, you remember all the all the stuff that before it was shut down, all the gameplay that used to go on with SOS and you, you, you know, the Nasdaq. Can you say Enron? Okay. Can you say Enron? Well, yeah, in the over-the-counter market and everything. I mean, you know, and, and before the SEC, oh, oh, Lord. So, I mean, this kind of thing was was absolutely common where, you know, where there is a, a, a motivation to steal and a lack of regulation, uh, unscrupulous people. Yeah, Kyle, well, back up a second. I, why, when you say it's just like the, the Bernie Madoff situation, that was a hedge fund. And you and I know, yeah. better than most, that hedge fund on purpose is a carve-out from the 33 and 34 Act that is not regulated. So if you lose right. money, 
Why do you snivel that it's not right? If I find some goofball like this guy down in the Bahamas and I can't wait to send him money because the crap's going up every day, why why am I going to now bitch that it should be regulated? I'm going there because it's not regulated. Well, it's it, the entire the entire problem with this is that in all probability, all of these so-called crypto assets uh, have some element of this that is the entire reason why they have a price. And that's, and that's the problem with negative-sum games, is that eventually their value always goes to zero because they dissipate the value that's put into them by, by their nature, and there is no way to compel an outside input as there is with a fiat currency or dollars or euros or, or yen or whatever have you. And as a result of that, um, how much of this is structurally the entire reason that these things have a positive number in front of them at all? What did Milton Friedman say? Same thing you just said, only different. If all currencies will eventually fall to the level of their their with their natural natural value or something. If they're based on gold, they'll get down to gold or something. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's you know, if you think about what this what this comes down to, this violates every rule that you would expect, and that the you're basically claiming that your your proof that you solved the math problem is worth something. Well, I did. Uh, I mean, that's a final, final that's question. A cool final question before we beat this up for an hour on Friday. I, if I was the, I'm a, as you know, I'm, I'm, I don't like the way these fiat currencies are going. I don't like to know every time I well, spend uh, it. No, I don't think anybody does, but, but yeah. we know why they work. Right, but I also, but what I'm saying is I don't like the fact that in, in two years, because of the young people not wanting cash, if I spend a dollar, somebody's going to know what I spent it at. I mean, the idea that <clears throat> that's going on is abhorrent to me. But So the idea of a, of a world currency, to me, where nobody gets to look up your behind every time you, you do something, is actually a pretty good idea. But if it was... Except, me, the, except that, Chief... Every single transaction that has ever been committed with Bitcoin or any of these other cryptocurrencies ever in the history of that coin is traceable to the person who did it. I get it. Where I'm going with this is I'm saying if you wanted a, a another currency, you would think that some place with a bazillion gallons of oil would say, we're issuing a cow and it's worth a, ga- a, a gallon of oil, so it's worth whatever, two bucks. And so, at the end of the day, you can you can go and take a thousand of these things, and you walk out with a thousand gallons of oil if you wanted to. Something like a commodity market, where the thing actually has value. But how, how do you get? Well, but that's that's the premise behind Tether, which is the underpinning for all of the exchange traded stuff like Bitcoin. And the problem is, there is no proof that the actual reserves behind that are there. Well, it was like Charles de Gaulle coming over and getting his gold. Remember. <laughs> well, yeah, you're assuming that the gold is there. Yeah, well, then he should show up. And he, that's why we went off the gold standard. Didn't he show up with ships? Well, uh, well yeah, people said hand it over, jackass, and, and that didn't work out so good. No, we went off the gold standard, but then he demanded it. But it, this, this is going to play out. I think we have a real interesting show. And who, uh, who, whenever this happens, just like the, the mortgage thing in 2008, you found some German bank out in the middle of the, the you know, the dark woods or someplace. It's up to their eyeballs in this. Who are we going to find? Obviously, uh, a, a very ashen-faced, uh, what's his name? Scaramucci was on on Friday. Uh, Mark Cuban's all involved in this one, I understand. Wh- where, who are the skeletons? Do we know? Not yet, but uh, Tom Brady. I think one of the big ones is essentially the entire Democrat Party. 
Well, uh, Greg just said Tom Brady. Aren't there a few basketball players? Who well, Brady play? apparently had his entire wealth in this thing. Didn't, didn't a lot of basketball players? Uh, that's, that's probably yeah. This is this this is well. I mean, these guys were running commercials all over the place. You should see some of them. You know, I mean, they're still up on the net. You can find them. This is this is insanity. I mean, but this is what happens when you start naming football stadiums, right? Yeah. Well, they evidently uh, who's the guy in Golden State? The guy's so good. He he was into it big time. They were giving him money. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, you know, this yeah, this, this is uh, this is not going to be one of those little deals that uh, you know. At least with MF Global, it was you know it was a, it was a bunch of commodity speculators who, for the most part, were you know were the ones who got their head handed to them. This this is a lot bigger than that. Well, um, keep saying last question. This time for sure. Audrey dug in. We're talking about this over our, our great Thai food on Saturday night. Uh, she dug on her, her phone that all these restaurants you could allegedly you could allegedly pay with Bitcoin at like a Burger King. First of all, I don't, did anybody ever see anybody do that? And secondly, what do you get for a Whopper? Like one zillionth of a of a Bitcoin? I mean, how do you, who keeps track of that? Well, it's every. It's the thing is, they're infinitely divisible, but every transaction is actually out there. So if you if you did this, and and then of course the restaurant instantly converts it to dollars. So it's it's a, it's BS because they're immediately turned back into fiat currency. Nobody sits on them if they got a brain in their head, especially with this kind of volatility. But the the problem with it is that, uh, uh, gee, uh, would you like to be able to track every single Whopper you ever bought forever? Uh, no. you know, including the one you ate 20 years ago? No. no. I mean, well, that's, that's where a, you're going with this. Well, I, I know. I mean, so I'm saying, that that's, that's, I'm clumsily getting there. All the things people wanted this thing to do, it didn't do. It ended up becoming well, an artificial... Well, it deliberately didn't do it. It wasn't an accident. Well, it became an artificial stock, not a currency. It never was yeah, a but currency. It's, but it's not even that. It's uh, because there's no, you know, supposedly there's only 44 you know, million bitcoins or whatever it is. Uh, uh, really? So if I had to rehypothecate them and, and print them on a fair, how are you going to prove that? Well, that's the truth. Carl, well, by Friday, I'll, I'll get up to speed on this so I can debate with you a little more intelligently. And we'll talk about this. Plus, of course, we'll have more stuff to talk about. Uh, thank you very much for calling in on Monday, bud. And, uh, Anytime. So, John, uh, what about your Bitcoins? Are you mad? Oh, man. Well, you know, what, looking at this is just kind of a cursory exploration of this you know, Bankman Freed guy and his partner Ellison, and this is—it's a kind of a cottage industry at Stanford University. It looks like they both came from out of that. Both, I think, both of their sets of parents have ties, you know, academic ties to to Stanford. Fairly high placed in, in the financial also, world, it would seem. Gary I can't believe that that something this crooked and this big doesn't have some kind of. Nod from some higher ups or some oh, projection that maybe went out the door here. Greg says it's, uh, not, it's not just somebody who had some kind of aggressive dream and you know pulled a lot of strings to to get other people behind them. This, this seems to have had some kind of stamp of approval from way high up in the food chain. Uh, Greg says MIT as well. Did you discover that? MIT, yes. Thank you. Hmm. Uh, well, let's put it this way, John. I'm with you on this. There's no way you and I come out of our basement on the south side with this incredible plan and have it work. Somebody somebody greases these things. Yeah. Well, did, have you heard either of these people talk? Caroline Ellison or, or Sam Bankman-Fried? I mean, if these people walked into a, a, a business planning session or somewhere to get a, a loan of any size, you would think, where did these dweebs come from? You, you wouldn't give them anything. Somebody, you know, it's just 
throwing money at him and shielding them. You have Chuck Todd interviewing him on the, you know, the morning shows. These people were blessed all the way through. And I got to believe that you know, if this empire, such as it is, is going to come crashing down, it should expose. I don't know if it's going to expose anybody. Elon Musk <laughs> has tweeted that there isn't going to be any investigation of this at all because of who's involved in it. But sh- should there be an investigation, it's going to embarrass quite a few. But people. this is not. There's no way. I mean, I know, you, I know where you and Carl are coming from, but I'm going to say there's equally amount of knaves. I mean, I don't. I don't see Scaramucci and these other people. I don't see the guy who's the head of MicroStrategy being a Democrat, do you? I mean, it seems like there's, there's enough names on both sides on this one. No, but, but what this really means, I mean, the whole enterprise in Ukraine, going back to, you know, Burisma, but before Trump was president, well, when Biden was vice president, and the way Zelensky was all tied up in the, the Trump impeachment trials, and, you know, he's... he's He's still over there making demands on how much money he wants. And you, you look at Ukraine as now just nothing more than a money laundering center for somebody. And the, now maybe it's, it's likely to be exposed, but I don't know if it's going to stop it. It certainly doesn't make our involvement in Ukraine and all well, the popular support for it look like it's, it's got anything behind it other than well, some Jen, money. Well, how, how big of a, of a money laundering operation was Afghanistan when we actually sent cash there? Well, well, all these things have ended up in, in, in just crooked enterprises. One of our buddies, uh, we'll go nameless, uh, you know what I'm talking about, uh, one of our guys who ended up being in the Army, his son uh, actually met us at Ceres years ago. What a smart kid, and he was in the Army. He was in, uh, I won't say Special Forces, he was... Remember the story, Greg, you might be too young, uh, the story about how, how many hundred hours bills you could get on a C-130? In pallets or something, you know, not, <laughs> they, not the big they experimented huge, with not that. The, not the big, well, not the big <laughs> Galaxy Five Eight, the one with the little the, the prop job that you can land anywhere. It was like there's a, there a finite number of how many hundred dollar bills you got on a damn thing, and we're landing those things over there. And, and our our buddy, he was his first name, Mike's son. The job was to go around to the Taliban with, with basically sacks of hundred dollar bills and try and buy the guys off. I mean, talk how much how many of those hundred. Got up and got in the wrong wrong people's pockets. Would you? Well, and, and the fact that the Taliban shut down the, the heroin industry in Afghanistan, and we go in and reopen it, it, it makes me think it's the same reason we were in Vietnam and Laos. Can you can you in say the s- 60s because there was too much money being made in illegal drug trafficking to let somebody else? Put their can you can you it. say CIA off balance sheet budget? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, and, and, I mean, we we can we can draw these little, little you know connecting lines to some pretty you know. Disreputable, you know, situations that are, that are you know, military past here. Well, Jan, this brings up. We got a few minutes here. It's four hundred million on to Iran on on pallets. Yeah, well, there, there actually was a that that's a little different. Um, oh, you said how much can fit in the plane? I'm guessing yeah, yeah, it's around yeah, four hundred million. <laughs> that's a little different because those guys paid for for weapons we never delivered. Um, back when the the Shah's gang actually paid advance payments to uh, some of our Defense Department here because Fari knew all about this. His dad yeah. was in the... And they never got him. And then when the, 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 these guys took over, we never gave them their money back because we didn't want to give these guys the dough. Right. So that's been a, a big bone of contention. I'm not saying we should have or shouldn't have, but it's but it's a, it's a different story because they actually sent it here. It was, it was, when I say their dough, it was the Shah's group's dough who's long gone wasn't these guys, though, but it was Iranian dough. 
Yeah. Is that a fair statement, Jen? I mean, uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it was slightly different. Now, whether I'd have given it to him like that, I don't know about that. But the thing is, we had to send him, we had to send him money because we couldn't send him a check because we're they're out of the international. They can't cash it. But, you know, real quick question, Jen. Is is the the house went after Trump, and now if the house becomes, they're going to go after Hunter Biden, and I think the whole world has figured out by now the kid's a sleazebag. Uh, and there's and plus there's there's probably two hundred two thousand Hunter Bidens around the world of both parties, probably all kids of people that are in Congress or something. They're chasing U.S. money all over the world. I mean, we've, we've, we're starting to figure that out. Well, now if the house goes after this guy, is is there a chance? that they basically step on their own male appendage, and all of a sudden, all these people, all this stuff starts to become investigated by both sides, and we find out, guess what? We've got 10,000 thieves that have been in Washington for the last 25, 30, 40, 50 years. These guys don't ever want to open up that. Of They're course not. And that whatever investigation they would tolerate will be structured in such a way that it will protect the people that they want to protect and humiliate you know, the patsies that they want to get rid of. And there's there's plenty of patsies in both parties, you know, to take care of the bigger people. If everybody worked, if everybody in the country were to know just what we've been sending money to Ukraine for for the last, you know, ten months or so, and to see this now explode into this kind of a scandal, could either party survive? Well, <laughs> I'm there had to know exactly where this money was going to end up, just as Carl was describing. Well, I'm going to say that it was launched uh, through Congress taxpayer money, you know. John, you want to hang on for a little bit when Audrey comes in? Because you guys oh, want sure. both to talk I'll some real estate. I'll just a couple minutes because I want to hear Audrey, too. Yeah. Sure. S- uh, SP Futures, uh, Donald 12, Nasdaq Futures 64. They've been pretty steady for us here, which is good because we've got other stuff to talk about. Be right back, Stocks and Jackson. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howe, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you are aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. At PTI, we have always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. 
I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of Home Source Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks and, jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. I hate goodbyes. <laughs> Hello and welcome back, Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom Howe on break here, which you're never supposed to do. Greg just brought up another huge issue of this stuff. Greg, quit bringing up these issues. For God's sake, get out of here. <laughs> the uh, S&P futures down 10 now, NASDAQ futures down 56. So we're down with only, only a little bit, considering all that's happened in the crypto world and the fact that uh, the Democrats are going to take the Cape to the Senate. So last week it was considered a huge boon if the Republicans took it, but now it doesn't appear to be going the other way. Dow futures only down 22. Europe, the DAX up 79.6%. FTSE up 36.5%. Uh, Kakaron up 28.4%. Uh, over in Asia... Got the Nikkei down 300, Shanghai, which is 1%. Shanghai down 4, call that flat. Hang Seng up again, 1.7%, 294, 17,619. So they've come back almost 3,000 points in their low, I'm going to say last Monday or maybe week till Friday. Friday, if anybody doesn't remember, that was only up 32 because uh, a couple of medical stocks were down. S&P over was up 36, which is almost a full percent. NASDAQ up 209, which is almost two full percent. So we had a big day in those things again on Friday. Bonds today up six basis points, two, 3.89, still under 4%. Uh, Bund, uh, minus 2, 2.13. Japan unchanged at 2.4. Oil down 87 cents, 88.09. Brent down 86 cents, 95.13. Natural gas up 36 cents, 624. Backups over six bucks. Arbob unchanged at 260. We've got gold because the dollar's up today, down 480. Uh, 0.3% silver down one penny. Copper down seven cents. So not really much going on in the coin world. Uh, we got Bitcoin up 617 now. It was down earlier. 17,117. The U.S. dollar is uh, is uh, marginally up with the euro back down to 103 and the British pound down to 1.17 or actually 1.18. So marginally up on the dollar. What do you got for us, Traffic Weather Sports? Hey, good morning. Currently 7.35 a.m. on November 14th, uh, 2022. Uh, traffic in Chicago. Earlier an accident on the Kennedy cleared up. Overall, traffic in Chicago uh, uh, looking kind of normal right. this morning. Uh, weather in Chicago, though, today expect a high of uh, 41 degrees. Currently, temperatures at 30. Expect mostly cloudy skies today. Tonight's looking to be a mix of snow and rain, which will lead into early uh, morning to tomorrow. In Phoenix, clear skies, high of 67. Currently, temperatures at 43 degrees, as well as that. Uh, we got sports. Uh, Blackhawks played this Saturday. They won 3-2 to two against Anaheim Ducks. Uh, yesterday in the NFL, Bears took on Lions here in Chicago. Bears lost. Final score was 31-30, making it their third loss in a row this season. As it stands currently, Bears at three wins, two seven losses this 2022 season. Ouch, that, that, that hurts to read. 
Tonight, uh, though, wraps up Week 10 of the NFL uh, with Commanders away in Philadelphia with Eagles. Commanders at four wins to five losses this season. Eagles on a winning streak this season, eight, eight wins to zero losses. Wow. Uh, we'll see how it pans out tonight. Commander's game starts at 7.15 p.m. No matter so what happens, now. Commander's a horrible name. <laughs> I, I, I agree. It's not the best name for him. Do we have Audrey and Jen? We do indeed. Um, what do you guys think about Crypto.com, whoever they are? CEO downplays FTX contagion, fears, says he'll prove naysayers wrong as withdraw- if his withdrawals rise. God, there's no shortage of people, are there? Are you telling us, don't worry about it, keep buying your crypto? And it, since he came out, by the way, <laughs> The Bitcoin's up like a thousand bucks since this guy came out, so <laughs> it's not like he. Uh, so, what have you been uh, listening to this stuff about the Bitcoin and everything? Or it's kind of crazy, eh? We lost that. We'll, we'll go grab her back. Yeah, Jan, this is. Uh, I don't know where to go with this. I mean, maybe these other guys can come together, and, and FTX will just be, you know, one of the players that goes down. I mean, the whole world didn't go down when Enron did. Uh, you know, maybe uh, maybe they're not big enough to take the thing down. I. I still think you're, you're, you're running through the, the routine is what exactly is this stuff? And well, people are starting well, to question I, a little bit. Maybe you can fill me in two times. FTX is an exchange, right? I mean, it's not a... Uh, they, ended on a they, they ended up taking an awful lot of customer money, so it's some sort of a, a blend of an exchange and, and, uh, and a... And and a Alameda is the yeah. subsidiary, but it's, it's the investment wing of it where there's customer deposits. Uh, but I, think I, I, I was trying to unravel this myself, and I'm not I think first in, in the commodity thing at all, but... But it, it sounds like you know you got a problem here with you're managing exchanges for this stuff. Well, I think and it then was, your client accounts for them. Well, on our side of the coin, just to show the differences. I mean, if you're the New York Stock Exchange or you're the Chicago Board Options Exchange, which are now some other name, uh, none of those people ever had a customer. They were exchanges. They they were where members traded for either customers or for people. Audrey, you there? We're, we're, I'm there. We're digging through a little bit more of this crypto. So Jan's with us, and then uh, we could obviously talk some real estate. Um, but the an exchange like the CBOE, you could never, you could never have been a, a the members were either firms. Well, there was one class of membership, but you any given day you could either do business for other people like PTI, or you traded for yourself as a market maker, and in any given stock. So same thing, New York Stock Exchange. But you, nobody had an account with the New York Stock Exchange except the members. And even that account was really on the, the money was all at OCC, or it was a DTC clearing or New York Stock Exchange clearing back in the day. Like Board of Trade, Board of Trade doesn't have any customers. The money's over it. It's, it between the members goes through Board of Trade clearing. Well, now Merck clearing. So the idea, somehow or another, this FTX had, had a customer money and was, quote, an exchange, which probably means they weren't very good at either because they tried to be both. I mean, you're, you're never going to have a situation where, CBOE or the New York Stock Exchange um, all of a sudden has a, a run on customer money because they don't have any. The worst that could happen there is, uh, is one of their members were to blow out and they have to cover that. Uh, that type of thing. Make sure that everybody's trades all, all clear. But there's no... But, but Bitcoin was able to... Somehow they were... I mean, this FTX, they were both issuing tokens, their own whatever uh, currency. They had people's money they somehow had their own tokens in people's account they were borrowing money from, and oh, by the way, they were exchange. And somehow or another, they were they were sponsoring all these people around the world with all this money they obviously never had. But those checks cleared, they must have come out of customers. So why would you say this is a big enough mess or what? Well, it's, uh, it's definitely, I'm glad I'm not involved in it. I just get to sit back and see what happens. 
Yeah, I mean, and, and it seems like a lot of individual people got caught up on this. I mean, you know, we were getting paid in it for a while and that, that sort of thing. What it does to the, the Bodhi is what it does to, you know, Lebanon or someplace I was reading last week where their, 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 their home currency or Venezuela, I probably think, I mean, I, I don't know this, I'm going to say one of the reasons why Venezuela and Lebanon can kind of limp along without their own currency being worth anything maybe is because they're using some of this other kind of currency. I mean, I don't know that, but I heard that in Lebanon that a lot of the stuff taking place is in, is in Bitcoin or something else, maybe Ethereum or whatever these things are. Um, you know, I don't know that. But, I mean, if, if the whole thing comes down, which I don't know if it's likely, but it's certainly possible, I think some people that don't have their own currency might actually get hurt. I mean, uh, I, you know, I don't know that. But, uh, I mean, I think we, Carl, maybe could fill us in. Well, it makes for, sense if it's something you're hoping fills in the, the gaps all of a sudden goes away, you're, yeah, you definitely have a problem. None of this stuff ever made it to the uh, real estate transactions, did it, Odd? Did you know of? No. No. Um, not, that I, not that I've been aware of or, or participated in. Well, Musk, Musk at one time was was saying he was going to take Bitcoin for a, a new Tesla, right? And didn't didn't I don't did they ever do that, or did they just say they were going to and then didn't? Well, I think Ford did too, didn't they? No, I think I think they might have, but again, I don't don't quote me on that. Yeah, I'm not sure. Would you have any idea, Jan? I don't know. A lot of people were talking I about. It. I don't know if anybody ever did. I know he's talking about it. I don't know if it ever. Um, you know, sort of being bandied around is, is something to kind of stir up the market at the time, I thought. I didn't know if he was really intending to do this. but Well, i got to believe if it ever happened that he immediately cashed the thing in that day that he was going to be... But he he was kind of into it for a while, but he didn't stay yeah. into it very long, did he? The guys that I know that were kind of in it was uh, Scaramucci was in it, Mark Cuban used to come out, but the biggest player in there is probably this micro-strategy guy where he actually used... used I mean, they got a real company. I mean, they make... <laughs> They, you know, they make stuff for uh, the internet and so forth. I mean, they're they're a big company, and he, how many billion dollars does he turn around and use essentially company funds to buy Bitcoin? That's kind of a reach. I mean, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think in El Salvador, I think it's their national currency, Bitcoin. They were, and I think they were probably the other, you know, the, the, the political fallout from this will be very interesting too, and potentially disruptive. <laughs> well, I mean, last week I'll say this. I mean, uh, Carl was talking, and you've been mentioning a little. Some people behind this, there, there must be some uh, some guys with long gray beards that are involved in this because last week, as all this stuff broke, all these places went up. Coinbase, Bitcoin, uh, MicroStrategy was up. They were all up, which which is not really something you or I would expect. Would you say, Odd? You would say that those things would be down, but they were all. Well, maybe up. they're running uh, running from one place uh, to another. Well, that could be. It's a uh, well, right now we got we got we got you here for fifteen. What's going on in the real estate world? I mean, none of this stuff affects anything you're doing, does it? I mean, at least at this point. No, it's um, you know, thanks to their interest rates uh, last week, we're hovering around uh, seven and three quarters. That'll be before we see what happens uh, after the rate hike takes effect in December. Uh, this it's still fairly busy in our area, and again, as we talked about. Kind of the unintended consequences is that way there's a shortage of inventory because people who have three or four percent mortgages are in a big hurry to uh, downsize, upsize, laterally move or relocate uh, for a seven and a half or eight percent mortgage right now. So there isn't a lot. So I'm still seeing multiple offers on nice houses 
houses that are. It seems we have lost Audrey. Yeah, she moved right back. We should be right back. But the uh, yeah, I mean, it, there's a small Jan. What do you make of that? There's a small group of houses on the market because nobody wants to sell theirs and have to go somewhere else for double the mortgage. So the the value in those houses and demand for those houses is still pretty high. You know, for, if Aud Aud sees a decent house, she's got to hustle with a client. But still, it seems like the overall. The, do we not have Jan either? The lines are going down all around us. <laughs> oh, God. They'll be back. Uh, Yikes. You'll get them back. But it, it seems like the overriding, I think they can only carry us for a while. That's just, that's just my opinion. It can only carry us for a while because it's it's just the difference in the, in the amount of money you have to pay uh, at seven and three quarters versus, I mean, if it was three it was three percent 20 years ago, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about it so much. But it was three percent six months ago. Or, or eight months ago. I mean, it's just a massive. I mean, there's there's a lot of people that just I, this whole thing. That's why I worry about this uh, cryptocurrency. Not because I ever was for it in the first place. I never was. Every time something like this happens, whatever, whenever there's any kind of a recession, big screw up in the market. John, I'm just saying that the uh, whenever we have something like this, you know, I was talking. Well, I was going back to the mortgage rates. That people's payment are double what they were eight months ago. And uh, so we have, uh, somebody just texted me, I'll bet it's Audrey. The, uh, um, so you may have to call her. Uh, the, uh, he says, oh, she's getting a busy signal. She calls back. So Matt, you might want to call her. Um, so, yeah, the, uh, it, it's, it doesn't take much to uh, everything in our market. One thing, I, thing you can learn from the show. I mean, even though everybody here argues with me on every other point. I think one thing you're not going to argue about, Jan, is that all this stuff is so interconnected. You can't you can't say that the First National Bank of uh, uh, John Flanagan's block goes out of business. Don't worry about it, because because nobody knows what the First National Bank of Dr. of John Flanagan's block is into. You might have crypto. You might have some huge building or two downtown that have all of a sudden. That goes under. I mean, who ta- it, it, this, we, that, that is the strength of our system, but it's also the weakness of our system. So you, you can't say that you, there might be five people you know of in the NBA all of a sudden now are, are broke. Okay, but now does that mean they have to sell five high-end... Uh, well, I, I'm just uh, I'm trying to catch both of you guys up. But the uh, I'm saying is whenever this happens, something like this, as you know, I've always... All I do is, is talk about how all this stuff is so connected that there might be a bank that has a, well, it wouldn't be a bank, but a customer that has a, a, a crypto problem that takes out some bank and all of a sudden has a mortgage loan problem on some big buildings downtown and all, they're in trouble. This ha- We're so connected that you can't just say it's isolated. You hope it is, but you just, you can never say that. Am I right? Were you guys or not? No. More... It, it, it you know, with, with things that don't really make a rumble, maybe at the time, but they continue for years and years with fallout. Um, and it's, it's just—it is the beauty of the system, but it's also the the the, you know, the, the flip side of it is that it's an extremely delicate system, um, and it doesn't respond well to eruptions. You know, when when one little operation goes south, that's bad enough. But if a big operation goes south, 
that's got lingering effects all over the world that we, we can't even explain or, or chart out, really. So. Well, I mean, the politics, you know, be the, be the way that they are, but, I mean, I mean you guys know me more than most than anybody between the, my Notre Dame pals and Audrey. I mean, you know that if I ever, if somebody ever bracketed me into some place, I would be on the the uh, SEC, not the, oh yeah, the SEC and and the people we have in the Fed. Honestly, I, I don't know, no president should do this. I'd go to the first meeting. I'd say, look, you bleeps, I, I get the last problems. You, you guys are getting paid to tell me about the next problem and anticipate the next problem. And in, in every month or every two months, I want to know, I don't know anything about this cryptocurrency stuff, but I see it starting to creep into the trillion and a half dollar range. And I know, even if you guys haven't figured it out yet, that if this thing ever falls apart, we got a problem someplace. So even though you're not, your job isn't, quote, yet to regulate it, it's, it's a potential landmine. Just like, just like in 2008, these guys are the only people that should have known how much money was being borrowed in Japan to buy mortgages over here. Okay, we never had a problem like that before, but that's their job. It's like, it's like the guys in the Center of Disease Control with COVID. They've been getting paid for 50 years to wait out, wait for something like this and to handle it, and, the, and it showed up and they didn't. Am I right, order or not? I mean, somehow you have to anticipate the next thing. That, that, that to me is your job. I don't need you. I know you can cash checks for people. <laughs> Duh. I want to know what the next crisis is. I know about the old ones. I'm not worried about those. Or am I being, am I being crazy here, as usual? Well, you want people who do their jobs. That's your problem. Well, it's, that is a problem. But, I mean, they, they sh- we, we should know Biden or Trump, because this thing blew up and came and grew under, under both of them. Both of those guys should have an ear every couple of weeks when they have a, you know, a, a financial rundown or whatever. I'm sure they have briefings every morning. Every couple of weeks I'd want to know, where is this thing going? Even though we're not regulating it, I just heard this, I heard this buffoon move from Chicago to Bahamas. What does that mean? That means nobody's watching them? What do, I mean, somehow or another, these, these are big things. I mean, it... it it seems like we're caught with our drawers down. It's all about now everybody saying they should be regulated. Well, they should they should have been watched. Regulated and watched, I don't know if they're, they're synonymous, do you think, Jen? No. It, it, it strikes me, Tom, that, you know, like I was saying earlier in the hour about the way these people present themselves, um, they have no credibility in my book for anything like what they're being relied upon for whatever skills well, they have. John, finish you up. Probably you expect you expect politicians to act like responsible employees, and that's not what politicians do. But they are our employees. Yes, but they forgot that. But that's why compared to the total of it, you get cycled out on a regular basis. We save us all a lot of grief. Um, I well, we don't want to get into that discussion because my my feeling on that is a slightly different. Uh, I know that. Well, the reason why it's slightly different is actually two reasons, and I'll lob them out there. One is we'd have to wait 10 years to see if it worked. We don't have 10 years. And secondly... We have to wait 10 years. Well, okay, but secondly, because you know they're going to grandfather the people that are already in, so that's not going to help. And all it's going to do is drive people with the money further down the line. You'll find... Oh, you're not going to grandfather anybody. We're going to make a sweeping change. There aren't any more uh, lifetime of people who are so damn old that they have to totter in the house. That's crazy. Hey, wait a minute. We're getting there. Well, you know what? Yeah, and I don't have people, over, uh, old people, running the government. If you're 70 years old, get out of there. Find something else to do. Wait a minute, Jan and I were just thinking about running. You're saying you're not going to vote for us? <laughs> no. 
my time has finally come. My, our time has finally come. What do you, you want us to That's get That's it. He hasn't done to us. No. Don, <laughs> we're, 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 we're just... We're just... decayed now to sort of make sense of everything, but we, nobody would listen to me when I'm... Nobody would listen to me when I'm... After, after a while, you just, you just need to let younger people... And here I come. All I know is that Jan, we're just starting. They could. I'm going to say they could use the boat of us. Well, well, just just to respond to your idea, Tom, about who was watching these people, or is it just what you would expect people to do? And I'm convinced somebody was watching them, but the person watching them, or persons, wasn't watching them to protect people who might be done in by a failure of the system, but it was protect their skin or somebody else's skin. And they'd be the first ones out of there when the, when the, everything started to fall apart. So somebody clearly is watching this, and they, they don't talk about it because they don't even want other people to know the extent of what's going on. They want to protect it and keep it away from public scrutiny. Well, I have a, a question from Wad, who is, uh, Wad is still a member of uh, of Finra, and uh, and uh, still is a rep of PTI, and Jan is a learned attorney. I have a question for you. These guys that went in to allegedly were going to buy or, or bail out FTX, whatever the name of that guy was, the, the guy from Asia. Forget, uh, mm-hmm. Matt, Matt, what's the name of those people? In Binance or something? Binance? Bina- mm-hmm. Oh, you, you got you got me stumped. Uh, ben, ben, yeah, ben, yeah. Binance. Binance. Yeah. Binance. yeah. yeah. Uh, now those guys go in. They take a look at the books, see it's a scam, and immediately sell all their FTTs. I'm going to say bull, bull bleep on that. You were just you were you were you were now privy to information that nobody else had. I think that's a bad trade. I think these guys got to give that money back. I think that's uh, yeah, insider trading, illegal. Well, coming from the trader, we heard Odd's opinion. What do you think, Jen? Well, I I think so. I mean, if you've got privileged information and you were there solely in some kind of auditing position. Or you know, it's just a disinterested party, but you're really not a disinterested party. I think that's where the problem is. And if you're finding stuff that embarrasses you or endangers your investment, and you're the first one to get out, I'd say, yeah, that's a bad trade. If, if I were if I were to say tomorrow that all of a sudden PTI's got all this money, and uh, you two guys all of a sudden know we have money, so you sneak in the door and you're sitting there with me, we, we're going to buy. I'll pick a number here. We're going to buy Dow Chemical. And I go in and I say, all right, we've already accumulated, you know, 40 million shares of Dow Chemical, and we're going to go in with our due diligence, and we're going to see what happens. And I go in and I find out that the chairman has been stealing money for the last 20 years, and there's nothing left. And I immediately puke out the 40 million. I don't know that that's proper. I that's just whether it's wrong or not, it sure as hell stinks. Well, trust me if I'm wrong, Tom, but the idea of you know. To discourage or to make illegal insider trading is that if, if some disinterested party like an auditor f- finds something that's you know got got fraud written all over it, there's a press release and everybody gets kind of an equal opportunity to respond to that and get out what they can and nobody's in any better position than anybody else to survive or to sink. But when somebody's got a, a, you know a spot here at the table that privileges them so that they can get all of their stuff out and make sure that nobody else knows about the problem so that there will be enough money for them to clear out. I think that's that's what insider trading means to me. If it means something else, you know, i, I got to get my head around some other idea. But Sounds like the senators uh, and, and representatives selling stuff ahead of the COVID, doesn't it? Right. Well, 
or, or the Pelosi's voting on you know, all the stuff that they're she's you know in a, in a leadership position on to control the outcome of the vote, and they they can anticipate what's going to happen here, and they're in a position to to manipulate their holdings. So and this all seems to be so wrong. Right. about it. Well, I, yeah, what, so wrong. I mean, if we did that, we'd all be in jail. Oh yeah. Well, it's a question of who we are. Right? Anybody who thinks the legal system works for people. Well, you know, I'll say this. I mean, I don't know anything about this. The latest Supreme Court uh, person, the uh, African American lady. That, that I will say this: it's the first time ever I've heard of anybody recusing themselves from a case. Is that a step in the right direction, or did everybody just know she was so tight with it that she had to? No, she she should have recused herself from both, you know, the cases. So I, I I'd be a lot happier with her if she'd done the, treated both of them the same way. Well, she she, she she just bought out of the institution, you know, the, that case that she had some affiliation with, but she was certainly intimately involved with what, what the issues were, and you know, I think well, I she should have been a little, little more, you know, observant of her, well, her we're ethics skip- problems. But. We're skipping around here, but. Yep. What, what do you what do you guys make of this affirmative action thing? Like, there's two opinions from two different areas. I mean, I, I don't know how they, I don't know how you, you can uh, justify it at an institutional level. I mean, I, I don't think you want everybody. I, I get the part that for 20 years, when uh, well, you don't want everybody from from you know waspy kids from New, New England going to Harvard, but then you didn't want you know 90 percent of the kids Jewish kids who happen to study harder than most of the other ones. Now you don't want all the Asian kids who study higher, hard, harder than anybody. I mean, how do you, how do you how do you not get, you know, all WASP for ten years, and then all Jewish people for ten years, and all? I mean, how, how do you spread it around without have have some sort of an affirmative action? But the same token, that's nothing but discrimination. I, I don't know. I don't know where I stand on this. John, you first. Well, my, my, I'll use an example. When I went to DePaul Law School, my entering class in 1978 of about 300-plus people had not one African-American student in it. And that was because in the years running up to 1978, DePaul had really made an effort to admit large numbers of African, African-American students. But what had happened was that their rate of passage for the Illinois Bar had plunged so significantly that they were now embarrassing themselves and they really? were hurting their recruitment of, of new students. So they decided that for the you know, class of 1978, no African Americans. How do you do none? Jesus. I, well, you couldn't do that. I mean, and nobody, to my knowledge, brought a lawsuit or anything against them. But it was it was very much talked about at the time because everybody looked around and said, so "There are no blacks whatsoever, even in the evening division. There wasn't one single wow. black student." And I don't think that's necessarily the way you want to go no, at I, all. But but it shows that DePaul had erred too much on the other side of admitting people willy nilly, and it, it it showed up in their bar passage rates. And this this they, they couldn't continue. They couldn't get money from. Odd, what what's your feel? What's your feel on this? I think to be discouraged achievement and functioning on your merit, you're discouraging the American dream. You have to find a way to include everybody in some way so that people will strive. But if you, I, I look at the people graduating school now and walking around, and people are stupid. I mean, they're, they're people, uh, people have no basic knowledge of the world themselves. Um, simple math, simple science, simple history. Mm-hmm. Uh, the teachers, uh, this generation of teachers, and not all of them, but some of them, I don't know how they got their jobs. I don't understand uh, when learning 
became less important everywhere. Before, there was a standard uh, in schools that you had to learn how, whatever, for each grade, add, subtract, multiply, divide, a reading level. Well, when we started giving people a pass on knowledge levels, starting in grammar school, you started dumbing down America. You need to be held to a standard, no matter who you are for your own good. How are you going to function in the world? Everybody is not going to be Albert Einstein, but there's plenty of room for you to be excellent as far as you can go and find your place in the world. As soon as we started dumbing down requirements for people, it hurt people. It's, they think they're helping people. They're not helping people. You have to get people up to a standard if they hope to just get... It's hard to have a nice life in the world. You ask anybody who's working one, two, three jobs, and I'm not talking a great life living on yachts, traveling the world. I'm talking it's hard to have an average nice life in the world, and you need all the education you can get, mm. no matter if you are, no matter what you're doing. I don't care if you're, uh, 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 you're checking out groceries or you're president of the Senate. You have to go as far as you can, and you need all the help you can. Well, I think I hit a chord there. What do you think, Jen? I turned around with that one. Just saying. Anyway, well said. <laughs> well said, Odd. Yeah, SP Futures well. down 11. NASA Futures down 66. Thank you, guys. Thanks for hanging in there the whole way, yep. Jen. Uh, Matt, good job with all this stuff going on. No problem. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with Stocks and Jocks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. The inbounds pass comes into Jordan. Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win it! They win it! Set the Cleveland Cavaliers. Michael Jordan hits it at the foul line. One to 100.